Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Every hunter, new or veteran, almost always goes into the woods with two or more things. A weapon and a backpack. But how do you pick that backpack? What features matter and what do you put inside? We're going to answer those questions and more on this episode. Hey, and welcome to another episode of The New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. Today, we're going to talk all about hunting backpacks. How do you pick one and what do you put in it? Now, the backpack market is enormous. There are all kinds of backpacks and you can spend all kinds of money on backpacks. There's all kinds of features, all different patterns, all sorts of materials. I mean, the sky is the limit. You could spend $10 or $1,000 on a backpack and things to put in it. In fact, you talk about things to put in it, you can spend far more than that. So what really matters? How do you get started with a new backpack? And if you've been at this for a little while, how do you pick the right backpack, the, the best backpack to complement you? Well, I should start with my story. When I went out for hunting, when I went out hunting for my first day, I didn't have a backpack. Nor did I have anything to put inside of a backpack, nor did I even know why you would have a backpack or what you would put inside. Uh, I had my terrible rifle for hunting that I had that weighed 12 plus pounds that was 60 some inches long. I had the sneakers that I was wearing and the brown pants, and the uh, the orange coat that I got at Walmart for $30. That's what I was wearing when I went out hunting my first day. It was cold, it was miserable, and I had no plan. I had no idea what I was going to do, or what I would do, or should do, or needed to do, had I taken a deer. I didn't have a knife, didn't even own a knife. 
Didn't know where I'd take it. Didn't know what I'd do to it. I completely and totally relied upon my uncle who went with me, who had done this a few times, and just just figured that if he if he didn't have what we needed, then we'd go buy it after shooting the deer. I don't know. I just I was so excited to be in the woods. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I needed to have that I didn't have. I mean, I had some snacks in my pocket. That was my gear, right? That's all I had. So we went out, and uh, you know, of course, we did not take a deer. I did not take a deer. Thankfully, didn't take a deer that first day because I had no idea what we would do. Didn't know the first thing about field dressing a deer. Didn't know the first thing about anything. So it, it was uh, it was a bit of a disaster, but at the same time, I learned a lot. I saw him with a backpack, and I thought, oh, a backpack. Yeah, that sounds that sounds smart. Don't know what he's got in that backpack, but I assume it's lots of really important stuff, right? So that's how I got started. That's where I began. And I don't think it was until my next year that I bought my first backpack. And when you're looking at backpacks, what do you really need? What does a new hunter or even an experienced hunter really need? They make backpacks that are Gore-Tex insulated backpacks to keep your snacks and your drink warm or cold as the case may be they make backpacks that that will have retractable legs and frames and structures on them for you know sitting up on prairies and and just shooting from a sitting position they've got backpacks that have framework built into them so you can tie up and pack out meat and things like that what do you really need though to get started Well, if you've listened to many of these episodes before, then you'll know my standard piece of advice is usually uh, the best backpack to start with would be the one you already have. That's that's usually the best place to go. You might say, well, my backpack is uh, it's not camo. It's on your back. It doesn't need to be camo. And once you get to where you're going to hunt, you put it on the ground backpack does not need to be camo that is a bit of a misconception at the same time camo can be a liability for you because you will have to find your backpack every time you leave the woods and if it's too camo you might not be able to find your own backpack although at the same time you might not want it to be fluorescent blue or neon something or other that might not be ideal you might say well a neon orange backpack is good for deer season, but not much else because you need concealment in many kinds of hunting. And even though it's on the ground, a neon orange backpack will give you away for turkeys, ducks, and a whole host of other animals, basically everything but deer. So you need some concealment in a backpack. But say you got your neon backpack, if, if that's what you've got, go get you the cheapest can of spray paint you can find for $2 and spray paint that backpack black or brown for, to get started. I mean, you know, assuming it's a junky backpack. That's plenty to get started. Why? Because you don't have anything to put in it, so you don't need a super fancy, complicated backpack. Get the cheapest thing you have that you can put on your back that you already own, spray paint that sucker. That'll get you started. Get into the woods a few times, figure out what you need, figure out what's important to you, figure out 
you know, what kind of features, what kind of straps you like or don't like, you know, that let that be a learning experience and save your money for when you know what you feel like, what you want, what you, what you value. So that is the simplest get started quick, get started cheap advice. Um, go for it. But say you're 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 past that point, or you don't have a cheap junky backpack. You gotta buy something. Where do you start? What do you buy? Well, I I don't really care at all about brands. Um, you know, I think brands are important for certain gear. When it comes to backpacks, I just don't go through enough backpacks to to care at all about brands. Um, and I'm not a big features person in a backpack. But some features matter, right? Some do matter. So here's what I would recommend. You're ready to buy a backpack. Here's the things that are important. Number one, is it some sort of concealing pattern, color, something? Is it camo? Is it black? Is it brown? Is it, is it something that's going to blend in the woods and not give you away if it's sitting on the ground? Or if it's sitting in a tree stand. Think about it either way, however you hunt. So that's number one. What does it look like? It can't give you away. It's got to be something that doesn't give you away. It's very important. If you're going to pay money, you got to get... It doesn't have to be a fancy camo pattern, but it has to be something that'll just blend in. Number two, pockets. Some people like a lot of pockets. I'm not one of those people. Um, I would I, I would rather root through one or two big pockets than try to figure out which one of 35 little pockets I put something in, get frustrated, and quit. I'm not a huge pockets person. The backpack I use has a big main pocket, and it has a smaller pocket on the backside. That's, that's about it. Um, you may like pockets, you may not. I'm not advocating pro-pocket or anti-pockets. Whatever, whatever you feel best about, you go with. That's, uh, you know, no one's opinion on that matters to anyone else except for themselves. So whatever you think is, is good for you, pockets or no pockets. Um, I personally try to, try to go with fewer pockets just because to me it's easier to, to just know, all right, it's in here. Let me dig around. If I'm in the dark, I don't want to have to be Velcroing or zipping through a bunch of other pockets. Just let me go through the one pocket. I feel like I can be quieter that way. I feel like I need less light that way. But that's just me. Whatever you want, you do. Uh, another feature that's important is, do you have anything on that backpack that you can attach carabiners or straps or something to? Um, you know, is there something you can clip stuff onto? So this comes to matter if you're in a tree stand, you need to, you need to tie a rope to that backpack and, and pull it up. I am not a tie rope guy. I do not tie ropes, period. People that say they tie ropes, I just, my brain freezes over, my eyes glaze up, and I just cannot even comprehend uh, what they're talking about. You're going in the woods and it's pitch black in the morning, how are you going to be tying and untying ropes, especially knots that are sturdy enough to hold your stuff, hoist it up into a tree stand, not, not thinking they're going to slip or fall off. I mean, maybe if you're some kind of, you know, 10th degree Boy Scout or something, but where I'm at, no, I use carabiners. 
My, my tree stand rope has a carabiner on it. I lower it down, clip that carabiner through the strap on my backpack, through uh, the, the strap on my firearm, or through the, uh, um, oh, the metal bar on the crossbow. Just boom, carabiner, pull it up, uncarabiner it, done. Easy, simple, you need no light, makes no sound. It's 100% secure, works every time. Of course, assuming that the knot on the carabiner works, but you tied that during daylight, so that's on you. So I'm always looking for stuff like that. I want to make sure I'm able to hoist it up. Uh, Also, you may need to hang stuff from your backpack. You might need straps. You might need extra gear. You might, you know, you might have a big... giant arm full of camo mesh or netting you want to drag through the woods to set up a blind with to help you out that well you can roll that up as tight as you want and it'll either take up the whole backpack or you could get some bungees and the carabiner or something you can just strap it to the back of it so i think that has you know some importance that flexibility you might not need it today you might not need it as a brand new hunter but you know, one or two or three seasons in, you might realize, oh, that would be helpful functionality to have. So that's something I look for. Uh, I must have a drink holder, drink pocket, something I can stick a water bottle in. Must, non-negotiable for me, gotta be a water bottle. I do not go into the woods without a water bottle. I often go with more than one, but I always, always have at least one water bottle in my backpack period and I don't want it in the backpack I want an external pocket for that water bottle because if it leaks or gets punctured or crushed I don't want my backpack full of water ruining all my stuff I want it on the outside sure you might have a little bit of moisture pass through but a little bit of moisture is completely different than uh, you know 16 ounces of water Um, just pulled in the bottom of your backpack. So to me, that matters. Adjustable straps, because obvious reasons, you're going to have different kinds of coats and layers and thicknesses, and you need some flexibility there. So people then get really big. Those are the basics. You know, this is not a super complicated topic. What goes in, it's more complicated than what it is. Uh, Size Size matters, but I personally like to go with the small to medium size backpack. I'll tell you why. There is a principle when it comes to backpacks. You will fill it. The bigger your backpack is, the more stuff you will fill it with. The more weight you will have, the more you'll have to carry through the woods every time you go out, the more tired you're going to be. So I like to go with the small to medium size backpack and... Um, just have that be my limiter into how much weight I can take into the woods. And as well as just help me, you know, throttle myself and saying, do I really need that gizmo and gadget? Uh, I'm a fairly lean packer at this point. I try not to take a lot of weight, especially on hunts where you're covered distance. You know, if you're just, you're just parking and walking a hundred yards and getting in your tree stand. Okay. It doesn't matter. You can take a carry on if you want, you know, whatever. But if you're walking miles and then you might have other stuff you're carrying like a rifle or a shotgun or a bow or a crossbow or dragging animals back out, it come, it matters a lot. So I try to go on small to medium size and small to medium size is relative to how big you are. 
You know, if you're five foot two and you weigh 101 pounds soaking wet, you know, my small backpack is probably going to be your medium to large backpack. At the same time, if you are seven foot five and you weigh 350 pounds, then the biggest backpack I can carry probably won't even be something you would notice is on your back, right? It's relative. So to me to give dimensions or something like that is, is basically meaningless. It's just a matter of what your build is, how big you are. Same thing with when it comes to recoil of firearms. You know, somebody that's five foot might, uh, you know, they might top out at, at being able to shoot a 243 or a 308 comfortably, whereas somebody who's six foot five, they can shoot a 30 odd six, 300 Winchester Magnum and not even know the difference right? Because they have more mass, more body size, able to absorb recoil just because they have more, their bones are larger. Everything in their body is bigger. So it's all relative, right? So, you know, try it on. Is it comfy? Are the straps comfy? Padded straps. Always have padded straps. That's a big one. It's got to be comfortable. And when it's full and heavy, it's got to be comfortable. And you think, well, it'll never be that heavy. Yeah, you put a few boxes of shotgun rounds in there going out bird hunting. It'll be heavy. So you got to keep that in mind. Are the straps comfy? So back to fabrics. This is where a lot of the cost gets added, right? The backpack I just described to you, you can buy for 30 bucks anywhere up to, you know, sky's the limit. But those features, none of them are very expensive. Fabric is where it really starts adding expense. Um, you want just, you know, regular sort of run-of-the-mill polyester fabric? Do you want something that is military grade? Do you want something that has uh, Gore-Tex exterior? Something with waterproof seams? Something that'll float? You know, what matters there? Those are the kind of things that really add cost. So, my recommendation new hunter or you know maybe you're you're sort of uh in the middle there of expertise i don't think you need to spend hundreds of dollars on a hunting backpack i think you get more value out of buying other stuff with those hundreds of dollars than you would a backpack now people come at me and they say stuff like well you know you got to have a gore-tex backpack you got to have you know, waterproof seams, because what if you get caught in a downpour? That backpack has got to be able to protect everything that's in it. You could have hundreds or thousands of dollars of gear inside there, binoculars, range finders, um, ozone generators. You could have all kind of stuff in there. You got to keep the water out to protect your gear. So you need to buy the best backpack made out of the best materials in case you get stuck in a storm. What if you get stuck in a torrential downpour? What are you going to do? Everything in your backpack will be destroyed. And you know, I hear that argument. I understand it. Makes sense. I, I, I see where you're coming from. I agree you got to protect your gear. Um, I have been caught in torrential downpours before. I've been there. I've been that guy. I know I know that it's true. Um, it's never enjoyable. Uh, but there are two things that I'll say to that argument. Number one, even in torrential downpours, I've still never had the inside of my backpack soaked. Even just regular polyester. I mean, 
you know, Jan Sport level quality materials, right? $30 backpack. I've never had the inside completely soaked. I've had it the whole outside soaked. I've had it damp inside, but I, I, you know, the water hits the backpack and it runs off. So yeah, some gets in, but I've never had it soaked inside, even getting caught in downpours. And, you know, I've not been caught in that many downpours, so I don't have that much experience with it. Um, so, you know, that's just, that, that, that's really only a partial opinion, but here's the other thing that, you know, you, you, you decide, you be the judge, you tell me, I know people, they get like, you know, two, three, $400 backpack, Gore-Tex lined, um, waterproof interior, waterproof seams and joints, just in case they ever get caught in a downpour. Quite often the people who buy these expensive pieces of gear hardly ever hunt to use them, but say they do great. I can go and buy and have bought a, um, oh, I don't know what the cost comes out at the end of the day, a 30 cent garbage bag, 30 cent stretchable, high quality black or white garbage bag. The exact same garbage bag that I use in my kitchen that we go through three or four garbage bags a week with a toddler. And um, it is a waterproof, stretchy plastic garbage bag. 30 cents, I get one of those, I fold it up, it weighs nothing, it takes up zero space, and it lives inside my backpack, um, along with some paper towels and some other things that I'll talk about. So, you can buy your $300 backpack, just in case you get caught in a, a torrential downpour, hurricane kind of water that's going to ruin everything in your backpack to keep it safe. Or, you can buy your $30 backpack and keep a 30 cent trash bag in it. And if something ever happens where you're dealing with that kind of water, you just pull out the trash bag and you put your backpack inside of the, of the garbage bag. Pull it tight, put the seam on the bottom. That thing is as waterproof as waterproof can get. That plastic trash bag will keep out just as much, if not more water than your Gore-Tex. You are 100% waterproof in an emergency. You, you, your, your backpack won't, won't absorb a drop of water. And, you know, I started that way because I didn't want to spend that much money on a backpack. And years later, I still have that same original garbage bag, I think. Now, I might have I used it for something and replaced it. I don't know that it's the same backpack or garbage bag that's several years old. But it's a garbage bag. It's in my backpack. And if there's ever a terrible torrential rain, then I take the garbage bag out of the backpack, open the garbage bag, and put the backpack inside of the garbage bag. Easy, done, it's almost free. For me, I mean, I have a roll of these big heavy-duty garbage bags. I don't know what they are. 20-gallon, 30-gallon garbage bags, I don't know. Um, we buy them in bulk at Sam's Club. To me, they are essentially free. So that is my counter. That's my response. And for all the times, I, I've never once needed to use it yet. It has never rained enough to where I felt like my gear inside my backpack was in danger of being soaked. Now, again, you might hunt more than me. Certainly many people do. You may encounter more rain. You may go out, you know, whatever the case. But that's my recommendation. Now, people say, well, if you drop your backpack into the lake and it's not waterproof and it won't float, then having that garbage bag inside the backpack doesn't matter. Okay, I could see that. I don't, I've never hunted from a boat. 
I've never had my backpack over a lake. Um, but if you did, okay, you may want to consider something that's more waterproof and that floats. I could see that. If you're duck hunting from a boat, that may be something you need to think about. You probably also want to have like a waterproof floating shotgun case. You know, things like that to protect your, your firearms and make sure they float if they fall overboard along with your backpack, if your boat wrecks or whatever. That's, that's a different thing. Not many new hunters have boats and are hunting from a boat, but, um, you know, you can keep that in mind. So, with that said... I, I'm advocating, you know, you spend somewhere in the 30 to 60, maybe $100 range for a backpack. That's all you need to get started, even to be intermediate. That's all that you need. Um, you know, my backpack, I think I got, I think it was, I don't know, $45 backpack, $50 backpack that I got on sale at $30 at one of the big box sporting goods stores years and years ago. So I spent 30 bucks. Done. I didn't expect that backpack to last years and years and years, and I have traveled with that backpack. I have taken that backpack on tours to other countries. That backpack has been to Israel. That backpack has been through Turkey. It has been to Israel. It has been to the Western Wall in Jerusalem. It has come back to tell the tale. And um, it was in the woods literally yesterday, me recording this episode. I use it for everything, everywhere, and have never had a problem with it. 30 bucks. Say I did have a problem with it, I might buy you know a higher-end one for 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. Um, that's kind of where I'm at on the backpack thing. It, is, it needs to be a piece of gear that's simple, that works, and that you know does the job. And it holds the things that are important. So what do you put in a backpack? Well, it really matters on what you're going to hunt. What are you hunting? That's going to determine what goes in your backpack. Uh, Most people who are new hunters, they're hunting deer. But you might also be hunting turkey, pheasants, grouse, ducks, um, small game, all kind of things. So, you know, what are the kind of things that you really need to think about? So, there's a lot of things I take in my backpack. I don't change them out between seasons. They're always in there. They're in there for deer season. They're in there for duck season. They're in there for turkey season. I'm not changing them. Some things do move. Some things are season specific. I don't take my deer grunt call when I go turkey hunting. Just the same, I don't take any of my turkey hunting stuff when I go deer hunting most of the time. Except during that little bit of time when... Uh, fall turkey overlaps with archery season, which is a very cool time of the year. But that said, you know, I don't take my duck calls out for either of those two seasons. When I go out turkey hunting, I may not take my headlamp out like I will for deer hunting or duck hunting because I'm going to be turkey hunting in the morning. Yet yeah, it's dark when I'm going into the woods. I almost never turn on a flashlight going in. And if I do, it's a handheld. I use that headlamp if I'm working in the dark. If I'm if I'm field dressing a deer, if I'm setting up a duck blind, that's when I'm using the headlamp. So I might take that out just to shave some ounces. But it depends on how far am I going. So um, things that I always have in my backpack, and then I'll tell you just some of the seasonal things. So I always have a plastic garbage bag, usually two. 
I've got one for my backpack in case it rains, and then I have another for garbage or things that get bloody uh, from field dressing. So, I mean, they take up no space. They weigh nothing. Why not? I've got some paper towels. Just, you know, just take a, a few double sheets of paper towels and just stack them. And I put the paper towels and the, the plastic bags right up against my back on the inside of the backpack. So it just gives me a little bit of buffer, a little bit of cushion, just a little bit of extra padding from anything else that's in the backpack that's maybe not packed well or bounces around. And uh, I actually have a little flap in there that is, you know, I don't know what that flap was really for. Maybe it's for like folders for school or something. I don't know. It wasn't a school backpack, but, you know, a lot of these things are multi-purposeable. So I just slide it all right in there. Uh, other things that I carry, I carry a um, field dressing glove set. I've got the shoulder length gloves as well as the, um, uh, I'm sorry, the nitrile hand gloves. So I always carry a bunch of those. Just doesn't matter what season it is. I've got them in my backpack. If the backpack's going out, those are going out. Um, so I've got gloves. I've got Safety, I've got a first aid kit, just has some band-aids in it and some disinfectant wipes, just some, you know, tick twister, some little things that, that could be helpful or useful. Uh, I don't know that I've, I've ever so rarely taken that anything out of that. In fact, I should probably double check it and make sure everything in there is still good now that I'm thinking about it because it's been a while. But I've got that in there. It doesn't weigh more than a couple ounces. It's very light, doesn't take up much space. And, um, you know, there's certain things in my backpack. I keep them in a Ziploc bag. I keep the first aid kit in a Ziploc bag. I keep my headlamp in a first lock bag. I keep anything that's maybe um, my knife. I've got my, my, my deer knife. That's almost always in the backpack. And I keep that in a, in a Ziploc bag. Why? In case there's a torrential downpour. In case I drop my backpack in a, in a pond or whatever, you know, I know my knife isn't going to rust out. I know my headlamp's not going to fritz out. I've got those couple things are going to be safe. The things that are most likely to be affected by water. So what else do we have in there? I've usually got some paracord or some heavy string things that I could use to, you know, string up a turkey or if I you know, my drag rope or not my drag rope, but my lift rope at the tree stand breaks or something. I've got some string in there. I usually keep, um, I've got a flashlight, regular handheld flashlight, CR one, two, three battery. And I've got extra batteries. I've got extra batteries for my flashlight. I've got extra batteries for my headlamp just cause you never know. Maybe you, uh, you bump that thing at some point and one of those turns on and that battery runs for three days and nights and you never know it. And then you go to use it and it's dead. So uh, I keep just an extra set of batteries usually in there as well. I keep hand warmers in my backpack uh, pretty much at all times for all seasons. Just a couple little packs of hand warmers for maybe throw them in your boots, maybe put them in your pockets. You just never know. Say you get stuck in one of those downpours, you might need something to help you warm up. So I've got that in my backpack. I keep a pen and some zip ties in my backpack in case I need to fill out a game tag for a deer or turkey or wherever you're hunting. You might need to fill out a tag. So I keep those in the backpack at all times. And that's, 
that's about it. There's not a whole lot else that's always in there. I know people that carry, you know, 5,000 item multi-tools. I have a couple. I like them, but they're so heavy and I've never used them and they just don't make it into the pack anymore. They're very nifty. They're very cool. I just haven't, haven't had any need, haven't had any use for them. Um... And of course, I've got all these Ziploc bags. So say I'm done field dressing a deer, I'll just throw the knife back into a Ziploc bag. And so nothing else in the backpack gets dirty. I'll throw the old gloves, the bloody gloves into a Ziploc bag. I get home and just throw that bag away. And, you know, easy, simple. Got this extra stuff in there. You can take care of it. So what else rotates in and out? Well, I've got, um, you know, you have your calls. Whatever season you're in, you, if you've got calls for that season, your calls are in your backpack. If you're hunting predators, you might have your um, your red flashlight. You might have your the uh, excuse me the electric call, which is basically just another kind of call you might have in there. Depending on the season, you know you've got your duck calls. I might have extra gloves. I might have an extra hat. Depending on what season it is, I'll keep an orange hat in my backpack. Just an orange beanie cap. You know, say I go into the woods hunting ducks in the fall. Uh, it's pheasant season. I go in at dark. I'm dressed for ducks. I get done. I'm walking out. I put my orange hat on just for safety. Just extra safety coming out through the woods. Same for turkeys. Having some orange with you, even though it's spring turkey season, you're wearing all camo. But you're done. You're coming out of the woods, especially if you're carrying a turkey. People see a turkey going through the woods. They, you know, they don't identify the human being carrying it, but stupider things have happened. So I just got some extra orange, things like that, that you can have and, and wear. Depending on the season, I might have uh, extra ammo. Now, ammo is a funny thing. Some people get funny about ammo. I try not to take a lot of ammo because ammo is heavy stuff. It is heavy. When I go out for deer season, I seldom ever have more uh, more rounds than what's in the gun I mean I've, I've never I've never gone through all four rounds that I keep in my gun never not one time when I got for turkey season um, I will take more than the the bullets that go in my gun because let's just face it if you shoot at a turkey and you miss the turkey 90% of all hunters will keep pulling the trigger until they run out of ammo or they hit the turkey. That's just, it's just the way we're, we're you know, just try and stop. I, I dare you, just try and stop. If you miss, try and stop shooting. Just try. You know, that just seems to be the way that it is. Shoot, miss, shoot, miss, shoot, miss. You know, the old adage is that, um, you know, if you hear somebody shoot twice, then they probably got the bird. If you hear them shoot th three times, all the third shot does is let everyone else in the woods know that they've missed with all three shots because you never hit them on the third shot. Usually only the first shot is the one that has a chance. But we're going to shoot all three, whether we want to or not, it seems. So I got to have some extra rounds. So I'll probably go into the woods for turkey season now with three rounds in my gun and maybe five extra rounds. Five. That's, that's it. So I might unload a set of three. I can reload my gun with three more. 
in the unbelievable chance I would actually get another shot at a turkey in the same day, I will unload that gun of three, and then I'll have two more bullets. And, you know, if I... Basically, no chance ever you're going to shoot either of those two bullets, but you have them just in case. Like I said, for deer season, you know, I'd usually just go in with the four. Now, I might have more ammo in the car, but, eh, it's just it's just never mattered. If I'm going out pheasant hunting, I usually take one box of shells. Maybe not even a full box. I just take one box in my backpack. Half a box is best. If I'm going duck hunting, I will never take more than a one full box. Usually three quarters of a box or half box, but I've never more than a full box. Like if I shoot 25 rounds at ducks... I, I've either had such a phenomenal day and taken my limit or I don't deserve to shoot more rounds because you can only take six. So I'd have to miss every duck more than three times in order to need more bullets than that. So, uh, excuse me, in order to need more more shells than that. So, you know, I, I, know, I, never t- I don't think I've ever taken more than one box of ammo into the woods except except for crow hunting. For crow hunting, because you never know. And you know, if you some days one shot's a good day, some days you go through you could go through a box of ammo. So I might take a little extra for crow hunting. Usually I'll take one box in my backpack and I'll put a couple boxes in the car. So I'm not lugging it around. Because ammo, like I said, is super heavy. Super heavy. So that's that's pretty much oh I'll keep some ear protection in my backpack as well. Just some some ear protection. I don't use it as much as I want to or think I should, but like for crow hunting, ear protection is it makes perfect sense. You're going to sit down, you're going to call, you got 20 minute period where you're expecting to take shots at game before you move on. Well, I mean, I guess depending on where you hunt, it might be different, but the way we hunt, you have a 20 minute set and then you might move on. So for that 20 minutes, I'll have earplugs in because I know I might go through three, six, ten rounds sitting there and uh, it just seems foolish not to. For duck hunting, I keep wanting to wear earplugs, but you, you too often you go days without a shot or just one shot and you're out there for hours and you're listening for the ducks and for geese and I've just not found the right balance. Maybe I need to get some of those electric earplugs that let sound through. Um, But, you know, that's a work in progress right there. When it comes to deer season, you hunt with your ears as much as anything else. So it's really hard to put earplugs in when you're getting ready to take a shot. Because then you're moving and you basically give yourself away. Which is kind of the reason I like archery hunting more because I don't have to worry about the loud gunshot. But again, they're in there. They're always in there just in case I feel like it or I'll put one in. I've done that. I've hunted with one ear plug in just because, you know, I, I, I plug the ear that is barrel side when I'm shooting or if I'm hunting next to somebody, I'll plug the ear that they're the side that they're on. So if they take a shot you know, the ear that's facing the blast takes the brunt of it. So if you can protect that ear, you know, you're just helping yourself that much. And I've had times where I've hunted with one ear plug in and the other out, but resting on my ear so I could put my hand up and and push it in. 
And that works on paper, except when you're wearing, you know, heavy duty hat or you're wearing a face mask that covers your ears. And then it can be real hard, if not impossible, to get that earplug in there. But if you're hunting with some, hunting something that you could use earplugs, it's good to have them. Especially if you're hunting next to somebody in a sport that there might be a lot of shooting, like waterfowl or pheasants. Well, yeah, could be pheasants, waterfowl, doves, turkeys, something like that. Um, uh, and I didn't mean to say turkeys there. I meant to say crows because often you get one shot a season in turkey season. But crows and doves and waterfowl, you may do a lot of shooting in a day. So I hope that's helpful for you guys. Please head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out the show notes, more episodes, general hunting tips, and then episodes about every kind of hunting I've been able to put together so far with more coming. Um, Appreciate you guys. Could use your support if you could go ahead to, to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review. There's almost no way to reach more people with this podcast than by leaving five-star reviews with comments on iTunes because that just affects the algorithm and affects how people see the show and where it comes up in the search results. It's not that I need the positive reinforcement. It's that that just helps us to reach more people. But head of the website, leave me a comment, questions, anything hit me up on facebook would love to hear from you guys would love to do future episodes based on your questions or your input or your experience so till next time i appreciate you guys god bless you and go get them in the woods <music>